1: Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 1st of November 2021. So here we are November nearly through a year. Is the market peaking at this time of year? Is the autumn the top? I mean, here we sit with the futures trading, as I record, at £222 a tonne. So a store member at Aylsham or the guys with storage in at Holcombe or Cantley or wherever, 220 for May is the price you'll receive net for your feed wheat. All right, there's a storage charge, but boy, oh boy, doesn't storage pay? I must confess to being uncertain what to do. This is a crazy price. The all-time high on London wheat futures is 227. So we're close to that. Will the market trade at that? Possibly, probably. I really don't know. There's lots of issues way beyond my brain cells to work out going on in the world. Is the Southern Hemisphere failing? Doesn't look like it. There's some high temperatures in South America. Lots of the chat about the market we actually have in the follow-up market chat, which is between Webby, myself and Josh this week, as we're having an in-house catch-up with where the world is on the market, just talking purely market stuff. And boy, I try and keep them grown up all times by fail as usual. So we'll stick to prices on this bit, and we'll say feed wheat, X farm spot movement, I don't know, 200 pounds £200 a tonne. Yeah, probably. If anyone's got some feed wheat to sell, I don't really want to buy any November wheat. I'm stuffed with it, all at a lower price than this. I've got to move that cheaper stuff before I move anything else. I've got December movement quite happily available, but November I am stuffed. and I'm pretty sure most merchants are in the same position as I am. Priority goes to the people with the lower price contracts. Haulage, a misery. Will farmers play a game of default if people don't turn up to pick stuff up? allowing for these terrible haulage issues that are going on at the moment. Well, we shall see. It's certainly one of those moments that if someone tries that particular game with us, then it's been nice trading with you. Goodbye. It's hopefully a time when a really good relationship between a merchant and a farmer comes to the fore. We tend to try and be fair at all times, and we would expect the same from others. So, as I say, we shall see the nature of the beast. Looking ahead, I just can't see farmers, they're just not in the mood to sell it for some reason. No one knows what they want. Everyone's way above their budget price, so that's out the window in terms of discussion. I guess the next moment there'll be lots and lots of selling is when the market is falling. And there will be a point during the next six months when the market falls incredibly violently. It's just, will it be falling from 240 or will it be falling from 222? But either way, everyone will be trying to do the same thing at the same time as normal. 1000000 week premiums cannot see them shrinking back, can only see them going up. A very firm market. There isn't the alternative for the miller to go and buy in from abroad quite so readily. So the mid-range spec stuff, the class twos, etc. are going to come in. Obviously, there's a major ergot problem this year all over the place, especially in Essex, especially in Cambridgeshire, Hertfordshire, where there is very little rotation in the crops and it's all direct drilled. The spores of ergot don't get a chance to get buried and next year they'll be reappearing all over again. So it's a very bad ergot year and a very expensive experience. You've had one or two farmers who've sold wheat very expensively to alternative buyers and miraculously they've ended up with a £10 ergot charge, even though it's gets tipped at the destination now that's quite an interesting one and there's one or two places where if you have to have it treated i.e cleaned if you just got one spot distress load it's going to cost you 16 pound a ton to get it through a machine and it's getting your hands on a machine so i've somehow managed to make an incredibly positive story sound a bit negative there haven't i you know feed wheat at 200 and something pounds a ton and here i am talking about a bit of a claim here and there so moving on to feed barley 190 X farm standing on your head. If you have any for sale, wave it around and everyone will be your friend. So it's in that region or more spot. And obviously, the market, I guess the goal for that one is 200 for sometime around about May, June time. If you can make 200 feed barley, that'll be a first. Moving on, malting barley. Well, some of the mulsters live on the planet Zog, bluntly rejecting spring malting barley this year. Not we've had many issues recently, but we're okay. We've been getting on very nicely. Thank you. But there is a very large percentage of barley getting rejected. We've had stuff rejected. We've taken it to an alternative site and it gets tipped. So those guys who are rejecting it, you're going to go short good luck with that one yeah so what's that leave us with the fabulous oilseed rape so all-time high podcast value for oilseed rape should you feel like selling some loosely 555 yeah you know if you've got some for sale phone us up we'll give you a quote again we get back to what do you want i suppose the next target is 600 is it is it anyway with that very happy thought let's hope the autumn remains as open as it is if things are looking in great condition all right you won't have any nitrogen but boy oh boy the crops have gone in well so all is well thanks for listening Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours.
0: If ever there was a time to own central grain store tonnage, it's now. Year Grain at Cantley takes the worries and stresses of grain drying and storage away. Members of the store can harvest without delay and can bring their produce in the day it comes off the combine, all with discounted drying and servicing charges. Call 01493 7000 or 01263 731 for details. Yeah Grain, providing the grain handling you need. If your farm is looking to diversify, the first step is having the right website and logo. We are East Coast Design Studio and we're experts at creating websites that don't just look good, but get great results. Don't send your money to London. We're from Norwich, so keep it local. Call 01603 728978 or visit us online at www.eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk.
1: Right, this week we're back in house. I've got with me Webby, welcome back Webby. Hello. And Josh. Hello. We just tried to start recording and I hadn't pressed the button so can, so uh, <laughs> I'm in the wrong. The beer we're drinking is Patrick Allen supplied us with a couple of kegs of beer. And uh, we've got the Legacy Blonde Ale, which he kindly gave us, which we hadn't touched, but in the fridge ever since. So that's what we're cracking into from the very start of the podcast, which is a dangerous sign, possibly. That's a good thing. Always a good thing. Well, yeah, until you listen to what lovely Chris, beer Chris well. Key and I came up with, or we drank too much of that. So we're going to be very grown up from day one on this so, AHDB have come out with their balance sheet for the UK, and I've been away the last couple of days, so I've missed out. Was it announced what, today? Well, I've or... just seen it
2: in the market report this evening, so I'm not sure how old it is. So, they came out in the very crudest sense, a 14 million ton crop. Mm-hmm. It was a 14.7 million ton consumption, mm-hmm. leaving an exportable surplus of around about 900,000, allowing for a comfortable a, carry-out stock. A comfortable 1.5 million ton carry-out stock, which mm-hmm. is
1: actually quite tight in historical yeah, terms is, yeah.
2: there's got to be i mean question marks over so the carry in stock yeah Can't 1.4 that is, they put that down as which that might be which a bit i think that's
1: possibly. a bit tight and the imports around that time there's a fair bit of wheat coming in but lots of it didn't turn up as we reported yeah. is there going to be as much german or canadian coming in with the harvest that they've had possibly not
2: so no, yeah, yeah that, that, different ones to tell yeah and how much export has occurred so far there's not that much going it feels on. like it's been quite slim on the ground but then you hear the odd vessel here and there. and
1: Well, the speed of the figures coming out from the ministry is three months delayed, so quite why that's the case. That's obviously got some form of embargo or control feature of the bigger mm. shippers, one assumes, I don't know, because it's useful information. If we had 900,000 already gone, then we'd all be screaming mm. and buying futures like yeah. somebody is anyway. What's your view? So a 14
2: million ton crop, is that too big, too small? I think that's too small. Are you a 14.3 man then?
1: Well, I think that yields, we know that yields were down because the kilo weights were lower, but I don't think they were that much down. I, I think, think it's, it's too small. Yeah, so what sort of level do you reckon? Cause I was think pre-harvest we were 15 million. 13.99. <laughs> no,
3: no. I, <laughs> I think more like 13. 13? mm 13 and a half. I think yields work poor. You can always tell when yields were good. Blimey. No, you can always tell when yields are good, because every farmer will always tell you that they got X, you know, 12 tonnes, 10 tonnes, whatever it is. And nobody spoke to me about it this summer.
1: talk to you you know, about no, it? No, I, I accept that. It's just whether it shrank enough for it to go under 14. I think 14 is
2: the bottom end of the range. I think we might have been in the the storm as well. I think the poorer yields are in East Anglia, rather than the rest of the country, I think, possibly. Yeah, we had better yields out of light land. Yes, yeah. I mean yeah, we've I got really full n- wheat n- sheds. Norfolk on the Hole has got some really good land. We are full yeah. of wheat, are we not?
3: We are. Kilo weights are poor, though. So I went out to a farm the other day who's got, I don't know, circa a 1,000-odd tonnes, and only one sample is over 72.
1: Well, I mean, the stores... Aylsham's averaging 74, you know, after it's been, been dried and cleaned up. Cantley is
2: 73.8 or something. I mean, the, the stores are there... And um, whoever's picked up our warrants will probably be pleased to hear that we're ergot-free in our future stores, aren't we? Which I think a lot of the country hasn't. From what we've seen with deliveries in certain areas, it really isn't the case. Ergot is a major issue this season. Sorry, just going back one step, actually. On the ergot thing, if
3: anyone's looking at getting a um, mobile seed dress with a colour sorter to come and dress out ergot, they've got until April, end of April. Aye. for anyone to be able to dress it out. So if you've got an ergot problem, book up a mobile seed dresser with a colour sorter or send it to somewhere with a colour sorter because you're not going to get rid of it before then.
1: What do you mean? So they can't... So if
3: let's say if you had a wheat crop or a you know, wheat in yeah, store that's got a massive ergot problem yeah. and you want to dress it out using a colour sorter, mobile colour sorter. So the
1: earliest it's available, is that what you mean? Apparently,
3: yeah. So ah. you've got to now until Christmas and then you've got January through till the middle of March when people are all on spring seed... And then after that, then they're going to be back on going through
1: wheat stores and people are already using them through wheat stores. I mean, you're going to end up going through sites like Gantley and paying the charge, aren't you? I mean, it's all about taking it to a consumer and being rejected and then having the on cost of haulage, if you can get haulage, and then, you know, distressed load charge. It's not cheap, is it? Colour sorters aren't cheap. No. All right, so back to your question. Who owns the futures? It's a mystery. We haven't yet heard, have we? It's been... uh... I think
2: it's... it's, uh... Four days? It's a bit of a shame, but it seems a very different tender. It's a one-sided
1: issue. tender where the seller has to bare his soul and show everyone his pants as well. And every, just about uh, everything, yeah. you know, please would you bend over, sir, because you're a seller. You could be a thief. You have to do everything under the sun just yeah. to satisfy the, look, we're really trying. I wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't say it's been that onerous. We pride ourselves in trying to get it right. But it hasn't been that onerous to tender. Different, slightly different. No, it's been, it's, for some companies
1: it's been really onerous. Some of the issues with it are written on a blank piece of paper in London and there's no practicality to it you know there's issues that they'll be ironed out over time and we've certainly been working with the team as closely as we can as everybody knows it's in our interest for that contract Mm -hmm. to exist it gives us the opportunity to remain independent and it gives us a chance to have you know if you like a strong contract behind us but there's some practical issues that just you know not been thought through which as I say we should be able to iron out and it should settle down again I hope
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you no, know, it's important. I mean, you said, I mean, we love the contract, obviously we tender and there. Uh, but it's, I think for the UK farmer, weather always sinks in, but it's an important contract for a British farmer. Listen, if the UK London wheat contract disappeared, you would lose all
1: transparency to the market. And this is for everything. Spring barley contracts, winter barley contracts, rye, oats, you name it. Every single contract has got a reference point. Oh, it's yeah. in the interest of Perfect people basis. who control consumption to kill the contract you know, commercially, because they can say, oh, well, we're paying this for wheat. And how could you prove or disprove on the basis of what the French market's doing, which is completely not related. So, no, it's vital. And Mm -hmm. the dynamic of the contract, it's in a very tight pair of hands at the moment. I think a decision being made without a much wider consultation would be quite a political hot potato. You know, you couldn't just change the contract that much without having a massive impact on lots of people who don't use the contract the idea would be that farmers consumers biscuit makers everybody used the contract Mm -hmm. but they happily use the price but don't trade the contract i just try to encourage everybody to do their bit to keep the thing alive yeah yeah but uh, we've been Mm sidetracked because we've got a crop size debate we've mentioned ergot which is kind of slowing things up and anyone who's getting a haulier you know, hallelujah, my grain is moving, and then they get rejected. Doesn't solve anything, does it? then has to go somewhere to get treated, and then has yeah. to be picked up again. It's two trips instead of
2: one. And there's been some classics of some crops being rejected on very marginal, marginal tolerances, and wanting a replacement load the next day. I, mean, good I think I that. think one or two
1: consumers are beginning a to realise that perhaps they aren't quite as, as powerful position as they thought. They think they are but yeah it's as i th- i've mentioned in a previous podcast it's yeah it's nice being a little control freak somewhere down the line but i think the
3: yeah also on the flip side some have been actually really good largely okay apart from the one today that sent two loads for monday Which is like impossible to find, and it has to be below fifteen, which is again (laughs) difficult. But I think that there are quite a few that actually understand that they know they have got to be honest with their deliveries. We sorted
1: that, didn't we? Did we? No, we've sorted it. We've sorted it. We've sorted it. But going through the nov
3: book, going this, I know is going to be dry. Yeah, yeah. rather than this, which is
1: probably mildly dry. Oh, man, I, I had some stuff that went to a very gentle home, I'll call it, and, uh, yeah, the results that came off it were appalling, and it transpires that, you know, there's a few seed cleanings and stuff on the lorry. It's oh, come on, man, you know, it's tough enough getting stuff in. He did, It managed to get tipped, but it was a proper moment. Yeah, we've had a few of those, and we've had a few rejections of being too wet, which is, I mean, everyone thinks, oh, it's an opportunity for the consumer to make money out of it. If every load
2: is wet, it's a major problem. I think the consumers really want the wheat, they want the crop. I think they're running on a very, very thin, not margin, minus the wrong word, but um, almost said just-in-time delivery at the moment. I
3: 100% agree with that, actually. But on my other argument to that is I was talking to a friend who works for quite a big firm, especially locally, and they were saying the pressure on them on the slaughter side mm-hmm. and the production side is horrendously high, so... I get that the demand is high, but a lot of the supermarkets are buying in from elsewhere, like Poland or
1: wherever, so it might ease a bit of UK supply a little bit. Mm. I just had a sip of the beer. It's actually nice, isn't it?
2: I really like it. Yeah. Cheers, Patrick.
1: Very kind of you. Patrick Bell, that is.
2: Yeah, no, good stuff. Did I, um, After uh, last week, so I mean, we've had it in the office, but just for the listeners, how did you feel after uh, a Chrissy Key episode? That was the heaviest session I've had for a number of years. I'm not saying you don't put the hours in, but <coughs> what time did you get in on the Friday morning? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was to have a text from Chris Key saying, you know, that I'd actually sorted him out. And you saw I, Chris, you know, wow. Well, it was along the lines of, he was exhausted, was not the words he used. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he actually went shooting the next day,
2: but it was... But you did, I uh, you terrible, went
1: I, on to the Norfolk
2: Nog afterwards.
1: Chris Key's Norfolk Nog is yes. a single malt whiskey with Baileys, Bailey's mixed said. with it which seems like a brilliant idea at the time. It never ends well. After a bottle of red wine and all that. So it's it's immature and childish. However, the conversation, it had to be done. Lots of people said, you need to get Chris Key on there. I got Chris Key on there and he was brilliant. You know, the first one he did was very grown up. The second one he did was just, we got into a giggling state. Lots of the laughing was cut out. There was bits where he couldn't speak because we were like making little squeaky noises. It was funnier than funny. Doing it, it was great. And then trying to get back that you know when you try and pull a really soberly sensible face so your jaw doesn't ache anymore and you're able to
2: talk, that's how funny it was. I've got to admit I quite enjoyed it. I did listen and midway through Monday morning, so my wife listens. So I get a text message mid morning saying, Where do I have to write to for dear Keo? Asking for a friend (laughs) question (laughs) mark. I think she's got a good sense of humor there. Possibly. I haven't checked my emails because I've been out all day. <laughs> I, I'm
1: going to I'm going to see whether we have got any dear <laughs> questions. I'm sure along the way, if anyone has a real pressing point, that's a very good way to communicate it. So I look forward to that, but I haven't read them yet. So anyway, moving back to the Serious stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am because I'm I'm determined to.
2: Uh, do we need to talk about nitrogen? <clears throat> we'll come on to that. Is that the next one? Yeah. So I mean,
1: we've gone through the crop figures of AHDB. We're kind of thinking, suggesting year ends going to be tight. It's not going to be masses of it. I dispute how much they said came in. At the end of last year, we ran out. It really was incredibly not there. So I think, with that in mind, the price of wheat is 222 on the futures. It got within £4 of the all-time contract high, didn't it? These are remarkable prices. Contract highs are for buying. Should we be steaming into it, is the question.
2: Someone asked me this morning, I mean, with the uh, last week of October, where is the price going to be by the end of the season? This price now is a kind of June-July valley. It's a bit nutty. Well, I don't know what I want from it. What can I say to a farmer who says, you know, have you taken any
1: price? Yes, we have sold some. You know, I made a joke about starting our pool at 190. That's 30 quid wrong now. So there's a little lesson about being glib. I've been long since 150, so... uh...
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs> no I haven't But I look, at your sta- I look at the statement for your account every day <laughs> honestly all week if you watch the screen as much as we do all week the market has wanted to go down and it's tried and it really has given it a go but then the last two days from the afternoon there's been no offers on new crop There's the offer to the bid on May is four or five quid apart and France is still sort of not doing a lot but in the US they're nearly at eight cents They're 10 cents off 8 cents.
2: Yeah, yeah, completely agree. The mornings have been kind of like red mornings, and you think, but as soon as 2.30 hits, all of a sudden the states goes bang, and the market, well, we kind of follow it. I mean, whether this is a US-led fund thing, kind of chasing it because of nitrogen... Well, I mean, you're telling me that
1: Minneapolis is all-time high contract, and there's no liquidity in it. I mean, that's the spring wheat crop that didn't exist, isn't it? It got droughted out. So with a marketplace that's got that in it, and it's a bit like us with the French, isn't it? They haven't got the spec... The French market's gone to 280-something. That's because I assume they're trying to sort their December contract stuff out as we speak, and that's going to get squeezed again. So it's very specifically certain contracts are suffering with supply. But we're kind of shirt-tailing it with our own internal issues now you know crop sizes smaller things this is all going
3: on as well whilst russia are not putting any export bans on not saying they're going to because there's no even indication they will but with food they want to protect food prices and obviously food prices are high my point being that i think that with food prices with everything still going up we stopping them putting a food price ban on exports apparently in china you've got a state where vegetables
1: are in the pigs and the market's still going up the pork production in China went too far, didn't it? They had too much of it. That actually is a killer of consumption because they're going to obviously slaughter a whole load of pigs. I think and they
2: came out of ASF too quickly and they decided that they wanted to... I think they culled 50% of the herd and was like, right, bang, we're going to get back up within two years, which was Phenomenal. But yeah, had the a demand massive demand cons- hasn't followed it.
1: So now there's a point, of what did they do last time when they slaughtered them? They just kind of push them in a the hole and put soil over the top. So yeah. they'll do that again and get back. That's got to be bad news for consumption, hasn't it? That will reduce. Yeah. So the deal they did with America to buy X number of American,
2: you know, yeah, product, corn they're beans, not going to yeah. meet it, are they? They'll let them down on it. They're way behind. I mean, there's a few question marks, I think, over the Chinese crop, potentially. You yeah. never know. We never know, do we? Recent Chinese
1: floods, crop. yeah, and all that, but... Who does know? It's nice to think that we know, obviously, from our conversations. We don't. We try and shirt-tail, don't we? Because we haven't got a satellite that's going over and checking on the world's production. The bigger companies, one assumes, has a certain amount of information, but even they have got some of this market very badly wrong because you can't call.
2: I think if you'd have spoken to anyone in the trade eight weeks ago, and he said, would we be seeing May futures trading over two twenty for Christmas? Most people have laughed. Yeah. I think my, a lot, several people have said, I mean, you had the conversation with Tim Porter, and it was the discussion before the end of the season, where would you see the future trade? I think you both were like, yeah, we'll be two hundred Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's so wrong, that Tim, isn't he? Yeah. He phoned me up yesterday Said, to uh, have a bit of a chat. Was he
1: higher than me or lower? Because mm, if I I'm higher remember. than him, i bet better check up can't on remember. that. If I'm higher than him, that means I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That wasn't that long ago, was it? That was uh first week of September.
1: No. See, I'm happy now. Anything, just win. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're confronted with a farmer phoning up and saying, right, you know, should I sell it? Yeah, why not? Well, do you think it's time to sell it? I've got no idea. It's £220
2: some. Would you like to sell it? Oh, I personally feel that, I think it probably will go up, I personally feel that the old crops are sell, but I feel a bit frenzied about the new crop. Frenzied? I do, I do. I just think there's a lot of issues at foot. Does he look frenzied, Josh? He looks really (laughs) frenzied. He does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is it that's frenzying you so much about the uh, new crop, Ian?
2: I don't think farmers will sell it. I really don't.
1: They won't sell it at increased cost of production because of fertilizer is twenty-five to thirty pounds a ton increases. That's assessment, yeah. So cost of production is one hundred
2: and sixty. But where I think you're going to see lots of and speaking to someone yesterday, lots of people I think will kind of see without nitrogen. I just think from a yield perspective, a global kind of uh, crop will be significantly smaller. A lot of people that won't be able to afford it, I think, won't be able to afford the capital outlay of she buying the fertiliser. I think, um, actually, UK
3: farmers can, and they will. You'll read the Odd Farmer's Weekly article, and the Odd Farmer's saying, oh, I've done this. And they might put a little bit less on, but I don't see them buying less, because they can afford it. Look at the year they just had. Will it all be delivered? Will all fertiliser that's been booked get out to farm? Who knows? But the chances are that farmers will buy We had one the other day that bought all of his fertiliser last Thursday and he's the only one that's admitted to buying it at yeah. X amount of money.
2: Because even, I mean, Russia have suggested they're going to half their exports. China are the same. You know, world availability is going to be pretty tense. Okay, so is that
1: not corrected by price, though? So cost yeah, but that's, exactly, that's exactly my point. Mm. That's my point. So if the cost of wheat is 200 and the cost of production mm. is 170, that's a bigger okay. margin than we've seen in recent years pre-harvest starting. This is several weeks
2: ago that they used to work on the basis of two wheats for nitrogen. So nitrogen the previous season was 250, 260-odd. Yeah. We're now looking at 700 quid nitrogen on that basis, 300 quid wheat. I mean, I, that's a really dull thing to say. When but I were a lad. It was one tonne a week for one tonne of fertiliser. it? Aye. I don't know.
1: Those little days. <laughs> I kept a stock in my shed. <laughs> the issue is I mean, I've just driven out. I had an incredibly pleasurable two days in uh, the Stratford Hotel at the
2: shopping complex. This reminds me, you had a very controversial <laughs> podcast last year because you did the same thing. Mm hmm. And there no, was, it was two year... years ago, went there? Was it two? I because okay. yeah, of the two. pandemic. Yeah. Three years into the podcast, exactly, yeah.
1: Indeed. The point is, I've just been shopping. <laughs> 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 and uh, i tell you who's at breakfast, Grant Holt. Uh-huh, in love, like, oh, whole local Norfolk hero, yeah, and Rob Newman, Norwich players, and an absolute hit. One of the only people who's brought a tear to my eye as an adult, probably five times in my life. Elton things John. have really got to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <clears throat> not Elton John. John, oh, Josh, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> no, Stuart Pearce. Stuart Pierce when he took the penalty against Germany in 1996 and scored it. It was fantastic. There he was. And he's like Mr. Intense, totally focused, sort of bloke. So was he a happy shopper then? Was he wandering around? No, he was in this hotel. The West Ham players Wall the hotel. They're all there. That's next okay. to their stadium. So, ah, okay, yeah, okay. went down there. And the thing is, what happened was we went down and we met up with Henry down there and his okay. girlfriend. Cut a long story short. We sat and had a meal. And then we sat and had a couple of drinks. And then rather crispy-like, Tess, who doesn't get out much because she's got a miserable, grumpy husband who never takes her out, went for it a bit. So the next day was going to be the big shopping day, but she didn't feel very special. In fact, she felt particularly ill. So I said, don't worry, I'll go around and I'll have a look. So what I did was, and I'll confess this on her because she doesn't listen to the podcast, I went for a walk. I walked around, you know, the West Ham Stadium. I walked around okay. the slide. I yeah. walked all around Stratford. I sussed it out completely. Didn't buy a thing. Went back about sort of one o'clock. I said, are you right." And she went, oh, I'm going to have to go shopping in a minute. And I said, <laughs> do you know what? I haven't bought anything. I've walked up and down. There's so much stuff I can't make my mind up. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible, isn't it isn't this awful of me? but i've got to confess it was my first couple of days off. I really didn't really want to shop. I did when it came to it. She went out there and she hit it hard and I turned up with a credit card and did the paying mm. like a good boy mm. and fine, but I actually missed most of a day of misery as far as I'm concerned.
2: What was walking around Stratford like I mean around the Olympic Park must have been right it is multicultural there's no doubt yeah. about that yeah well,
3: that, that is a fact well, like Norfolk.
2: Yeah, no? North- I saw <laughs> not so
3: much if you walk around Chapelfield. Not so much. Yeah, what yeah. I didn't. I don't
1: send. think I saw any Australians. No, less Australians. Yeah, because they're not allowed out of their country at the moment. I think. No, they're not. No. Well, they soon they might be. You only see them when they win at
3: sport. Anyway, they actually go home the rest of the time, don't they? And- I, t- I did see a funny tweet yesterday. It was David Warner's was off the ashes fairly soon, and David Warner's birthday yesterday at thirty six or how old he is. And um, the Barmy Army have got a Twitter page, and they posted a picture of him holding his pockets
1: out, <laughs> pulling them, stretching them both out, saying "Happy <laughs> birthday, David Warner." Which I thought was quite good, but yeah we've digressed haven't we away from i'm going to drag it back again because we're trying to get grown up about all this this supply and demand and where the market goes a new crop you are convinced it
2: just goes up so i've had a bit of a run round recently on barley's weeks a whole lot mainly principally on old crop and that's quite i say easy i mean this with right convictions of knocking people over to book it up but people have got very little interest and my sentiment from that is that I'm not sure the, what they want in a price, but I don't think they're ready to sell it. Right. The reason
1: I started telling the Stratford story is because I got in my car to drive home and I drove up the M11. And all the way up, all of the fields are in fantastic condition. They're all planted. Norfolk's like that. Let's put Essex, let's put Suffolk, let's put Cambridgeshire. And coming up into Norfolk, I drove into the office from my house after I dropped the girls off. And I drove in, and there's a field that Jeff Portfleet had sugar beet in on the way into Tuttington. And that has been levelled, lifted, drilled, bang. Looks cracking, yeah. Absolutely. Wheat, 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 more wheat. Even even after spuds, everything is looking brilliant, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the condition is awesome. Mm.
2: There's a very strong chance, it feels, that we could have almost one of the biggest wheat crops we've seen in a while. So next year's crop is
1: therefore 16.5 to 17 million. Doing grain of cooling, next year's Mm. crop, a bigger crop, much bigger crop, 16.5
3: million tonnes.
2: I know of a big landmass that will plant their record ever wheat crop in the ground.
3: Yeah, I 100% agree. Even Scarlett this morning, who's my girlfriend, and knows like nothing about farming. We were walking the dog and there was a sugar bee harvester. And um, she goes, oh, that's not even making a mess, is it? And I said, like, no, it's a very good point. And it does look tidy. My only contra to it is, is there going to be a lot of spring barley planted because of the nitrogen cost.
2: No, no, it doesn't feel like it. it no, I think a lot once they're, the land used, yeah. they're farming this land on rather than looking at cost. I think they're planting it on conditions. Conditions are awesome. They're mega. They are really. Twenty-five percent of the yield is sorted if you get it yeah. in the right conditions. Wheat going in perfect conditions yeah.
1: is tick.
2: I'm going to buy
1: the nitrogen. That's yeah. going to be a good crop.
2: No, my point being, so I think if you base it on the UK crop alone weeks to sell on new crop. But that wasn't my point. My point is, not that I voiced it, is the world thing, the world
1: sentiment. The sentiment of the world is based upon consumption, like right? Chinese pig production is going to reduce a lot. There's a lot less demand going in there. It's not all one way traffic, and we yeah. are at an incredibly high price for
2: starters. Best cure <clears> for <as> high prices is high prices. Yeah, so, so here we sit. Yeah. The
1: issue for me is the weather. You know, we've got the COP26 conference starting, and China and Russia can't be asked to go, so yeah, don't really matter. Yeah. What we like, you know, Germany produced as much coal as they like, you know, we're going to open a new coal mine. No one's really taking it seriously. A few people are gluing themselves to the road. That would annoy me. I'm glad that happens in London, actually. That's really good. <laughs> it happens down there. That's where it should happen. Glue you yourself to the road in the M25. Excellent stuff. No one's going to glue themselves in Norfolk. There's not enough cars <laughs> to notice, is there? Who's that sitting in the road?
3: Yeah, I mean, I get what they're trying to get at. So but, they, but they are making the normal person, the average person which I consider myself to be. Relatively.
1: relatively. Um, average, just below average.
3: I don't think anyone normal can go, oh, I think they're doing a good job. They're not doing us any favours. They're not doing themselves any favours because they're not selling themselves to the public. No. In any way, nobody in
1: Whitehall will
3: care at
1: all. On the local London TV thing, there was a a guy live on, I don't know if it was on the main breakfast bit or not, but he was just being arrested, and the BBC reporter was shoving the mic and was like, oh, you know, you're just being arrested, how do you feel? You could see him think a bad thought, and he went, no, I'm not going to talk about it, and off he went. He's being arrested. It was his opportunity to make his point, or anything else, but he must have been really
2: pissed off at
1: me. (laughs) Anyway, there they were, glued to the road. However, it's very clear the world's weather is screwed. Glasgow, where the conference is being held, has had floods. Has it? Yeah. And the Lake District and all up there. Okay. I was talking to Angus Crowther. He's driving back down from Maholady in the lakes. They've abandoned it early because of the amount of water.
2: Oh, that bad? Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, this is really happening. And some of the world's weather, you know, the
2: dynamic effect in India... Yeah, that, that, yeah, that supports in my India, bullish sentiment, doesn't it? Like, World weather is going to go wrong somewhere and then lack of nitrogen, it's it, all... It isn't, just, it isn't just nitrogen. It isn't just lack right. of consumption
1: of pigs in China. But it is about production. And, you know, in this
2: massively entitled world in which we live, it's that kind of, oh, there's always going to be food. (laughs) Well, similarly, the topic conversation we haven't spoken about is energy markets. I mean, crude oil, like $86 a barrel it got to at one point. Suggestions it goes towards $100. And power outages in China, you know, something we take for granted, having power to your property every day. It's nutty.
1: Now, at what point do drying charges go up at this point? (laughs) At this point, when people... really? No, no, totally. (laughs) Totally. How much has our gas gone up? Exactly.
3: You can't
1: charge me £5
3: a ton. And on the flip side to that, so let's say aylesham has got, what, 30,000 homes, and you've got a grain store that's using a fair chunk of that. You know, I don't exactly know what percentage it is, but why don't they just turn the grain store off rather than keeping people's heating on? Or why does it not, like, commercial people use extra amount of
1: Luckily, gas? we had one of the local residents who did turn one of our fans off, didn't we, which is uh, more to do with oh, moving... Is that leading, Josh? Yeah. Wow. Well, you just kind that... of saw there. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, moving next to a yeah. grain store, then start causing trouble with the locals. It's like, uh, yeah, great advice from down south. Yeah, it's one of those moments where everybody just assumes food turns up and there has to be no sort of process to get there. We don't like dust, we don't like noise, we don't like dryers going, we don't like the fans running. Why can't you do that somewhere else? Um, well, we've been doing it for 40 years here. How long have you been here? Oh, four months. Yeah, yeah that did
2: annoy me today, mm-hmm. I must admit.
1: The point is, drying charges will go up. Yeah, inevitably, they've got to. Yeah.
2: A the bit c- like haulish. they've probably <coughs> stayed cheap for a while. We haven't reviewed our charges much. Well, how in the last how does years. the
1: haulage sort itself out?
2: I think that we need to do a whole
1: separate that's, podcast that's on that. Who do we get on question. to have? Because we had Jimmy Gray on originally. Yeah. I mean, who do we get on to discuss the dynamic of what happens? What's going to cure the haulage scenario?
2: I really don't know the answer to that. For me, I can see it going on for another Should, year, two I, years, I, I can't see I've
1: it. always famously said, if I ever buy no. a lorry and put my name on the side of it, shoot me. If you said it the other day, you did say that, and he sat next to me. I know, stations. and it's like, it's crossed my mind, and, yeah. I, and their voice is, right, get the gun. You know, there has got to be something aligning with a haulier much, much closer and saying, right, we're going to pay you that much per day. Regardless of good or bad, the risk is Mm. gone for you. If you're prepared to do all the faffing around that takes to go with it, you know, and as long as you've got a good guy who's going to bust a gut to get the extra loads in, every merchant's got the same problem. It's a little too loose, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a strange world. I don't know the instant cure for it. But, I mean, would one lorry be the answer? Probably not. I mean, do we really want to run a fleet of eight or nine lorries? Well... Nine different people to look after.
3: I'm not saying we're gonna go
2: and buy one at all. But one lorry isn't gonna do any
3: major harm because within a day I'm fairly sure that we could root oh, yeah. oh, lorries. Gosh, man. We- and obviously there's blatantly maths in it. Amazon has its own haulage. Fleet. Yeah, look, if you have a lorry,
1: you have an employee who has employment rights, etc., etc., etc. I was driving up, looking at all the crops, looking fantastic. And on Radio 2 on the way up, that was the compromise station, and Lily copped out and listened to whatever she was on her thing. Anyway, we listened to Radio 2, so I could sing the odd song. And um, this thing came on about employees getting poor leave, which is if they get which a was- new dog or a cat, they get a week really? off paid by the employer. And there was this woman who came on who was arguing the case, saying, Yes, I've never had children. And, you know, I've missed out on the basis of that. And I think it's perfectly sound that we should be allowed. And uh, it's one of those moments where you kind of start shouting. And luckily, as another woman came. So my point being that you have employment issues when you employ people, you know, and the risks and the aspects of, you know, you then have five weeks worth of holiday and bank holidays and Saturdays and blah, blah, blah.
2: But we are really fortunate. We've got some really good haulers we got locally that we work with without mentioning their names and they go above and beyond and it's great. But everyone is just so stretched. Yeah, but like this year,
1: Josh is the best example, right? We've done a lot less seed. We stopped taking seed orders because we knew we couldn't actually physically deliver at the time people were expecting. We said, we can't do it. We'll be honest, we cannot do it. However, how many days have you spent out? Um, you know, you've been sent out going to here, there, and everywhere. Oh, I just need this, I just need that.
3: Oh, 100%. I think like, our key thing is that all you can do all you can control is how honest you are, and we've been honest on that, saying this is what we can and this is what we can't do. But I've spent, in this last three weeks, a lot of them out of the office, and only this week has it only been me, Webby, and Andy for half the week, have
1: I gone, no, I can't do it. Yeah, because... Could you just, oh, you you, we got the, you know, you do everything with you, <laughs> yes, yeah, go, exactly. and get to, go, go and get two and a half, so we've got a trailer we use, go and get two and a half tons of this, or go and get half a ton of that, or three, and it's like... Do you know what? No. It's unreasonable to ask, in my opinion. At a certain point, it's like, Do you know what? No, we can't. We're happy to do it. We are.
3: Because obviously, especially for farmers that trade a lot of their tonnage with us or they're loyal to us, then 100%. But this year has been hard on all of us. I was talking to a seed merchant the other day, and no offence to any that the if they do, but they're probably too important to. Oh, we've been it's busy probably- since the middle of August. Yeah. Okay, right? We've been busy since middle of July. And it's now, by the time this goes out, it'll be November. And we still haven't really had any holiday. We've had a one day off since mm. then, which is the Friday to go to wherever. And it has been the hardest, the easiest and the hardest planting period post harvest and harvest i've ever remembered yeah
1: i had my first two days off the last two days and i went to stratford shopping centre in bloody london <laughs> 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 because it was an ultimatum given you you don't come down here do it yeah okay anyway but so if next time i choose a holiday it won't be there all right Dragging it once more back to the conversation, we've been through a large number of items that are influencing the market. We've touched upon the weather, and the weather is king now. It is absolutely king. Is there anything happening, like the tail end of the corn harvest in the US is dragging on a bit isn't it the french corn crop is a bit delayed yeah is there any disasters the... coming is, is the aussie crop bad is the southern uh, hemisphere so, yeah, going to yeah, let us down Aussies.
2: so we're going to be what is he i'm um, aussie weeks normally a december harvest i think isn't it i think the french harvest is on the corn is a bit delayed and the u.s one i'm not really sure what the u.s corn crop is doing i haven't really seen nice. haven't had my eye that tuned to well how reliable it is in the first place anyway but to twitter to what are doing on that okay so other influences south america's really hot temperature yeah i North think America there's south a south couple North. of weeks of almost record temperatures in argentina is that gonna do some damage must do i suppose i'm not sure something like well, that i'm not high, sure the high temperatures always affect mm. something somewhere doesn't it well it didn't with the um what do you call it the hard red crop in the northern states in the u.s it killed well, it. it killed it didn't it yeah
1: <laughs> so. that was a continuous ongoing drought but it if was, you get it? even in a good growing season if you get extremely high temperatures yeah. the crops It kind of senesces or gives up or waves a white flag, doesn't it? I mean, there's nothing particularly new in the southern hemisphere that's going to mess things up, and the northern hemisphere looks like it's in good condition for next harvest, except for the fact the weather is going to keep playing up Mm. and fertiliser costs the earth, and Mm. what else can go wrong? What could possibly go wrong?
2: I mean, the other topic, well, we talked about haulage, but I'm speaking to uh, a friend this morning, chartering vessels. (laughs) Freight is, like, phenomenal. It's almost doubled.
1: Lots of boats in the Baltic, isn't there, carting, you know various items to build war defences ready for the oh <laughs> <coughs> don't get depressed. Now, I mean the only thing that can screw this whole pricing up is politics now. Yeah. And that's gotta be a big one, hasn't it? A French trawler this morning as of the Friday
3: did take a British trawler hostage, didn't they essentially? This
1: oh, yeah. morning. They did, yeah. Yeah. Because they were fishing in French area, so were well, they? You know never... French area? <laughs> Who knows? A Gallic shrug of the shoulders. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. The word is that they've broken said, international law. But we can't no, really yeah. shriek on that one because of the deal we did on international law in Northern Ireland. So, like, the, yeah, the French may as well do it. He needs the votes, I guess. No, I agree. I mean, on shipping prices, they are horrendously
3: high. Because One of my friends works for Merce Brokers in Copenhagen, and he said that literally ship prices are through the roof because of shipping costs. Scarlet is moving a boat from Marseille over to Ireland. And it's actually still cheaper for them to do than it is to sail it across.
1: It's getting very serious, this Scarlet thing, and it? it keeps me serious. Really? Yeah.
3: Well, it's involved with shipping,
2: so... Yeah.
1: It's I mean, involved two, with shipping. Two Scarlet mentions.
2: Oh, yeah. Two. and You've never, ever referred to her on a podcast no. at all. You're tempted to get a dirty knee, Josh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, well, that's awkward. <laughs> Sorry, just for reference, Ian stole the microphone, so I couldn't answer. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Luckiest girl in
1: the world, but um, <laughs> not that lucky yet. Good one. Underlyingly, we are obviously still friendly to this market, but I've got to say there is a very old part of me that says you've got to look seriously at selling old crop.
2: I agree, yeah. It's, it's £4 yes, off,
1: all-time contract high for London wheat. So I guess if it gets to two twenty-seven on the spot futures, on the forward futures for May, yeah. You know, I really don't know what we're waiting no. for. And it's only October and it might go to the moon. But, you know, what would you do with all the money? That's the thing you've got to ask. There is a point when it's got to be sold. And in my opinion, when it gets up to this level, do you know what? Ditch it, sell it, get the cash in the bank and put your feet up. As for new crop, I'm not as convinced as you. I think if the sentiment changed on old crop and everyone looks at the first projected acreages in the ground and there's figures that say fertilizer is being traded, I think a 16.5 million tonne UK wheat crop plus would have enough of a dampening impact. I accept the rest of the world could easily lead us further and we'll react to that at the time. The beauty of our predictions are we can react to things as they happen. We've got a small enough book to turn a sixpence. That's the real reason why we can be a little bit cocky about our pool prices enough because we can turn stuff around quickly if we traded you know a third of the uk wheat crop we couldn't so i do concede that point however that is the beauty the benefit of being a digital merchant you know in a far corner of far flung norfolk anyway with that i think carry on you've won if you haven't sold all your crop new crop gone up everything's good isn't it Thanks, think so yeah let's leave it in that and what a lovely beer
3: yeah thank you very much cheers
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.